0: Welcome back to What the Fertility. We are so excited. We have Mary Lee on with us today. She is a Nashville native and a nurse practitioner. And we're so excited to have you on and just hear your whole story and talk about um, just with your family history of um, early onset menopause and everything that you went through. So thank you for being on with us today. Thanks for having me. So we will really just kind of open up the floor to you um, and let you talk about your whole journey and right from the beginning, kind of what happened. Okay. Yeah. I told um, Catherine when I was kind of signing up to, or offering to share my story that I don't know if it's interesting, but at the same time, I'm like, if this could help anybody, then I'm willing to do it because it's just, it's one of those experiences that you're like, oh, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. (laughs) But at the same time, like one of the things that brought me the most comfort during the whole like season of like dealing with all the fertility stuff was being around other people that had or like following other people that had been through it um and and talking with other people that have been through it. that just made things made you it couldn't be an isolating experience, right? So basically, my story is I have known for a long time that I have a family history of early onset menopause. My grandmother was done by around forty, um and my mom started at thirty nine. So, I remember being like 15 and my mom was going through like the teenage emotions, like hormones with me. Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) um, And so, yeah, so I, that had kind of always been in the back of my head of just feeling this pressure of like, of course, as like women, we feel this pressure of like, okay, my time clock is running out. Um, But I felt like mine was running out way sooner. And, you know, of course, we don't know that that will for sure happen to me. My aunt started menopause, my mom's sister started menopause, like around 50 as well, um, like normal. So, but just because of that, i had always kind of had that in the back of my mind. So I had actually like, I mean, this goes, I'm, I'm a planner, which is like the funniest thing when it comes to fertility, like you can't Isn't plan it. it funny?
1: Like all the people that go through IVF, I feel like are type A women. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's but like, no. the, yeah,
0: it's like, uh, the person that like wants to be in control and plan everything. LOL. That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So like I had actually been like checking my AMH levels, which AMH levels, I don't, I guess for those of you who don't know what that is, um, it's called anti um hormone. And so that, uh, hormone kind of corresponds with your storage of eggs that you have left in your ovaries. And so it's not a hundred percent accurate. It can also be affected by like, um, like hormonal contraceptives. So, but I had been checking those back in like, I don't know, like 20 16 or something, I think was the first time I so heard you were that. like early 20s. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah. are you at yeah. oh, Are I you do. like married or anything or what like what? Yeah, so I had been previously married. Um, and we had actually been planning on going on a um like long-term travel thing, and so that was kind of his thing that he wanted to do. So I'm talking like backpacking across like South and Central America. <laughs> wow. So I was I knew that was something that we were going to do but I had said, you know, like I need like I need to have babies by this time and I and I've always like known that I wanted to be a mom. So um so I think that was kind of like my prep prior to us leaving in 2017 of just like okay, well if this level if these levels are fine then I can be okay with it. Um which is just like again so silly. Um So yeah, so then it was, I had that, my dad worked in healthcare, had like had a healthcare company. And so I was able to get that test done basically by just asking them because sometimes you can't like go to your OB and be like, I need this level drawn. Yeah. Uh,
1: And now they have not to like do a plug. I've been, we've been trying to get sponsored by these guys. Modern. (laughs) Have you heard of the modern fertility kits? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like shipped to your house. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've like told people to do that too. Um, just like, it's just kind of good information to know. I don't know if it made me panic more or (laughs) yeah. I'm like, what were the, what were your numbers? Yeah. I was, I was actually like trying to pull some of that up before we got on the call. Um, I was trying to remember what they were back in the day, but I think that back in like 2016, I think that I was on like OCPs or like oral contraceptives at the time. So. Um, they kind of varied a little bit during those years that I was taking the um, that I was checking the AMH because I think that that was affecting it. So they kind of like went down and then they went back up again. And then i came off of OCPs. Um, so, but they were still within like normal range. Like, you like know, I can
1: go on this trip. I'm not concerned. We we can. Yeah.
0: Live- yeah it was so like, back- oh, this is normal. Like this is maybe a little bit lo- lower than. It should be for my age, but it's still normal. So I still felt okay about it. Um, And then, yeah. And then, of course, I ended up like we ended up getting divorced. And then, and then, you know, there's the panic that sets in with that. It's like, okay, here I have been like preparing to. Yeah. Like, what what am I going to do now? Um, Yeah. And so that was on it. Like, I had mentioned this a little bit to you guys too that that was like, it's so dumb but it really played a huge role in like if i felt like i needed to leave this like unhealthy relationship or not because i was always wanted to be a mom and that like was almost like it kind of i don't know it kind of it held this weird weight of like should i am i going to be able to be a mom am i going to be able to find somebody because at that point i was 29 um which is still you know relatively young yeah (laughs) in my mind I'm thinking oh my gosh I've only got 10 more years like so am I hearing uh,
1: you say like you are thinking like ooh, should I not leave because I'm already yeah I did you listen to the episode with Elle on season one I haven't but I should you should (laughs) Same thing. she went through this whole deal with her first husband and then yeah Uh, Well, I'll send that that episode. It was really good. It It was was like infertility and divorce and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's, it's, it's so silly that it plays such a huge role. Like it played such a huge role in my decision. Like, I mean, again, going back to like the planner and like making this like pros and cons list, like that was on my cons list, which now retrospectively, I'm like, of course I didn't want to have children at that time. (laughs) Like that's so dumb. Um, but yeah so I I mean yeah retrospectively everything worked out way better than I could have like imagined at that time but yeah it played a role in it and so um yeah so then I ended up like we got divorced in October of um well actually you know we were like really separated from like countries because He was still in like Southeast Asia area. Oh, so did you do the? Did you do that? (laughs) Yeah, we did it. Oh yeah, we
1: did it. We'll we'll talk about this later, but I was like, is that what caused the divorce? I mean, I think probably anybody, anybody back back there. I
0: think, I think it more so highlighted some of the issues. Um, Yeah, no, it was definitely the issues were there before, um, but it was just like blatantly obvious when you're away from family and friends and yeah so it was yeah I mean honestly like it was the experience of traveling was amazing I'm so glad I did it um because you know life changes when you have children (laughs) um and so I'm so glad that I kind of got that under my belt and we like my husband now and I still love traveling and we're looking forward to doing that but we haven't really gotten to do much since we started like we met right before the pandemic um So yeah, but, so I'm so glad I did it, but it was, it was really like enlightening into like, um, getting me to a place where I realized like something's wrong. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I ended up coming home in December of 2018 and he stayed. Um, and so then we were like, uh, you know, really legitimately separated. So even though we didn't get it like, divorced until October. That was also because he didn't come back to the States until May. Um, So yeah, so we got divorced in October 2019. And then, you know, I had been like, you know, when you're separated like that, and when you kind of like, when you're in this unhealthy relationship, and you just kind of cut it off, it's almost this feeling of like, okay, I've kind of been done for a while. Um, And then we, um, I was like, got up the courage to get on the apps and met my husband a few weeks later.
1: (laughs) oh wow.
0: that's amazing yeah so it was yeah it was just like I don't know divine intervention you oh, know again God. it was and it's just so silly So like I was just like doubting um that like God would provide for me in that way I guess like and again like the pros and cons list of me thinking like okay well is this gonna work out am I gonna be a mom and instead of just like trusting that like each step along the way was the right step, yeah. um, and so, yeah, so anyway, and then, yeah, and then I met James, and he's wonderful, and we were, like, we even say, like, what if we hadn't met when we did, because then the pandemic started, like, you yeah. know, right yeah, year, really, wow. Um, and so, um, yeah, and so our relationship moved really quickly because of that, too. <laughs> sure, I mean, um, you know, I feel like, you can just be personal quarantine together. together. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And he's three years older than me too. So he, and he always wanted to have children. He's his backgrounds in like elementary education. And so he, um, yeah, so he was like, not in this like rush, like biologically, like I was, but we were at least on the same page. Um, yeah. So then we got, and then we finally got married in like April of 2021. So we haven't really been married that long but I mean we were we started trying immediately (laughs) yeah um so yeah so we ended up like we it was like a shock we ended up getting pregnant like fairly quickly we like but the first time we were pregnant I actually didn't know I was pregnant until I was miscarrying so um I guess so that was I miscarried in July of um 2021 so we had gotten married that April and then I had had what I thought was like a normal period but it was like a little bit lighter and I'm very like my cycles have always been regular so that's never been an issue um for me and I had been off birth control um for like six or seven months before we started trying just to kind of regulate my cycle prior to again planner yeah yeah (laughs) and uh yeah and so then we was like I, I thought I had had a normal period, but then I started spotting like midway through my next cycle. And that was not normal for me. And I started feeling nauseated a little bit. So I reached out to my OB and they were like, why don't you just take a pregnancy test? Um, And then of course it was positive, but like in the back of my mind, like I already know, like there are pros to being like in the medical field and dealing with this stuff, but there are like cons too. Cause like, I already knew my husband was like, so excited. And I was like, something's wrong. Like, this isn't right. Something's wrong.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. Cause like, I feel like you and I have similar, we don't, and I heard you say it in the beginning. Like you didn't use the word infertility. You were like my fertility journey. Cause I feel like sometimes with miscarriage, like it's yeah. not technically infertility, but I was gonna ask you, like, were you super excited since it didn't take a long time, but it sounds like with your nurse practitioner background you're like, this isn't good.
0: No, yeah, no. I I mean, like my husband was like, why aren't you you know, why aren't you excited? I was like, this isn't this isn't right. like it's not because it wasn't just spotting. um like I was like starting to like kind of start have a period. Um, and cause you know, that can be totally normal to, to spot a little bit yeah. in your first trimester. And so, but we, and then we ended up having a trip planned like that weekend to go to Denver to visit some of his friends. So I ended up miss basically full on miscarrying on this trip in Denver. So, so when you took
1: was... the pregnancy test, did you ro- go ahead and like, did your OB say, let's come in and do betas or you just, yeah
0: yes, yes. So, um, yeah, so I, we actually, I did the beta, I think the day before we left for our trip. So when I got my results back, they, it was obviously positive. And so we, so then that was like a new level of like, okay, we're excited. Cause there our levels were pretty, I mean, they were climbing at that point. I mean, I was like probably six weeks, um, but like, I had never, I hadn't had an ultrasound or anything. Mm -hmm. They were just saying, once you come in and we'll do that and then we'll, you know, recheck. But then when I was on the trip, I just knew like I was, it was, it was a full on, like it was the heavy, I mean, I typically don't have heavy periods and it was like the heaviest period that I had had. Um, and so, yeah, they, and then after, yeah, they didn't even really, I, I, I'm trying to remember if they even did an ultrasound afterwards. I don't think they even did, um, because I just knew, um, And so obviously that was like devastating, (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was hard because it was just like, you get excited. But I think like the, the, like the minor blessing of it was that I like, didn't really get too excited because I already knew something was wrong when I found out. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, you know, recovery from all that. And then we got pregnant again, like fairly quickly. So we had found out like, I think I had gotten pregnant like that was in July and I got pregnant in like November.
1: Did you guys um, just
0: keep going? Like just try right away, or did you take a break? We took a month off. Yeah. Um, just because that's what they told us to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, but then I was like, all right, back at it. Which, yeah. yeah, which and then again, like I had been like the six or seven months prior to, I had been doing like the temperature every single morning, like all the things, had the app. And then like, while we were actually trying, I was doing like the ovulation predictor kit. So I knew like exactly what was going on in my cycle. So, um, yeah. So then it really only took us like three or four months again, the next time, but that what was so different about that one was, I was like, surely I'm not going to miscarry again. Um, because you're like, it just happened. It's not going to happen two times in a row. Right. Yeah. right.
1: It's like the chance of miscarriage and you guys correct me. It's like one in four, like 25%, yeah. but then reoccurrent loss is literally like 1%. Yeah. 1% of people have right. reoccurrent miscarriages back to back.
0: Yeah. And then you go on to look on like the internet and see, okay, well, if you have a recurrent miscarriage, then your chances of miscarriage just <laughs> keeps going down and keeps going down. Yeah. And I was like, well, dang it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then you send yourself into this spiral of that, but I, yeah. So we were just like, we had allowed ourselves to get excited because we were like, there's, yeah. there's no there was no
1: bleeding. And you were just like, okay, I'm pregnant. Here we go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I remember even telling my mom, I was like, I didn't have implantation bleeding. I didn't have any spotting. Like everything seemed normal. Um, and so that was in November. So we told our families over Christmas last year, mm-hmm. um, and like, you know, did the whole gifts and all the things. Cause he's from Ohio and we had gone up there to visit them and told them and yeah. So we had, and actually we were waiting even to tell like our extended families, um, and we had told them like on like a, a Saturday or Sunday, I think it was. And I ended up spotting like the next Wednesday or Thursday, Um, and so, and so I was nine weeks at that point. So, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm like decently far along at this point in the first trimester. Um, and so, yeah. And so then we went in for an ultrasound and what was so horrible about this experience is that like the OB office was like trying to get me in quickly. Well, the two, like the ultrasounds that they had there they didn't have any availability for me. And then there's an off-site like still OB, um, like ultrasound techs that also didn't have availability. So they just sent me to a general ultrasound place, oh. <laughs> no. um, which is like, it wasn't their fault. They were trying yeah. to do what they could to get me in as quickly as possible, because that was I think it was going into the weekend because yeah, because it was a Thursday that I started spotting and they got me in on a Friday. So I didn't have to wait till the following Monday. So I appreciated that. But like, just the unfamiliarity of that in that type of and yeah. exactly. I'm sure they're not used to giving anyone those kind of news too. So well, I know. And she was super awkward about it. I was gonna say, yeah, did she give you the news? No, she didn't. And she, she was actually, she wasn't a new ultrasound tech, but she had she was new to the facility and so that was kind of the excuse that she used she was like oh I don't know about these machines as much because I was saying like will you be able to see the heartbeat will you be able to hear the heartbeat and I know a little bit of what I'm looking at like yeah. I see it on the ultrasound but at the same time like with our first one we didn't really we didn't even have an ultrasound so I hadn't seen like a baby ultrasound mm-hmm. on me to know like what all the norms were but I just like could tell by the way she was doing the exam I was like this yeah. is not um, and so, yeah, cause I was still like, I wasn't heavy, like I wasn't having a heavy, I was still kind of spotting, um, at that point, but yeah, she was just like, well, well, the OB will have to tell you your information, which they all, you know, they generally all say that. Um, but you know, we just could see. So I'm spot. sorry, you had to leave there. Yeah. It's not like the OB just was
1: like walking in 10 minutes later.
0: No, no, okay. I had, to, I found out like you know, an hour Sorry, what? No, I was like, I didn't even think of that because normally you're at the OB. So then you just like go into the room and then they come right in. Even that's miserable. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, we had to, no, but like, but the way that the ultrasound tech was like acting in that moment, like he just I mean, she was just awkward, and I just knew, and and so basically, my OB they sent the results over to my OB, but I immediately came home. I put all of our baby things, all my baby books, and everything in the nursery and closed the door because I just knew. And so, um,
1: oh, I'm so yeah.
0: sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was just like part of my journey, but at the time, I was just like, oh my god, it was awful. So I found out like an hour and a half later. They called and told me, Um, and so. You know, they were so kind and they got me in quickly like the next week and they told me, you know, we know that our like waiting room is primarily of pregnant people. So as soon as you get there, we'll bring you back. So you don't have to like sit in that waiting room, which oh was my really, gosh, that's amazing. That's yeah. Really which fun. was really, really great. And my, like the, the nurse and my OB were like so kind about it and gave me a hug and we're just like, we're so sorry you're having to go through this, but I mean, the harder, I mean, I won't get into all the details of it, but I mean that this, that particular pregnancy, I was like, I had like full on contractions. Mm Um, so that was traumatic. Was that, (laughs)
1: Um, and and did you end up doing that naturally or did they give you like the medication?
0: No, I was, it was, I ended up doing that naturally. Um, so it was like, yeah. So I started spotting on the Thursday and then that Saturday it was tough because my husband had like left the house to go run an errand and was like going to be right back. And I was like screaming and (laughs) in pain, like having these contractions. It was awful. And it was like, you know, I didn't know to expect that. Like the first time I just had what I thought was like a period. And then this Mm -hmm. time it was like, no, I was actually passing. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the first time too, I didn't ever really like know that I had passed the baby. Like it was just again, it was just kind of like a period. And this time like I I knew when I actually passed it. Yeah. Um and so that was really tough. <laughs> um and yeah, so that took me, yeah, that took me a while to like <laughs> kind of get over lots of therapy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. So then uh when we went to my OB that time, she we had brought like which this was awful too. Like she, they had said like, if you want to know like maybe what's going on, like you can bring in the content, like what you pass. Uh huh. Which is just like <laughs> to carry that, or even to yeah, I know. Yeah, and then like there were like you know when I did pass that and I was trying to hide it from my husband, but you know, and that just se- like that in and of itself just seemed like kind of like inhumane of this like baby that I you know yeah took, you know, took in a bag to the doctor's office, which is just, it just, I mean, you know, that's just, it they sounds have, terrible. Yeah.
1: But. And I mean, you're, you don't, you do not hopefully none of us on this podcast ever need this, but this Kiera um, Instagram account, they sell these miscarriage kits. And it's like, I know that sounds like also bizarre, but it's like when you do pass at home and then how you can cleanly take it to the, the physician and stuff. And like, I wish I, Yeah. I, when I was at 10 weeks, same thing. And I flushed the toilet. Like I just, it was in such shock that you don't you like, and you're so angry and you're just like,
0: I don't want this. So I totally. And I think I, I don't know if I've shared this on our podcast before, but we like took, like we named our baby Shiloh, but we took Shiloh out of like the toilet. And then we actually like put the baby in like a whole little, I don't know how to even explain it, but like a container type thing. And then we like winded up having like a little, like ceremony and like buried Shiloh and so we have like a little place where we always get to like every year on that like exact date then we go outside and we like have a little moment but yeah <laughs> for that, everyone yeah my therapist recommended us doing that and like kind of having like a little memorial type thing we didn't end up doing it and you know it seems like it's hard because it's like in the moment it's just like you just kinda wanna move on and you just like Lord. you just wanna yeah, and you wanna act like that wasn't real and that yeah. happened. And, and but at the same time, it's like I don't want to forget those babies, like those babies were still my babies, you know. Of course, no, of course. Um, yeah. And and so yeah, it's tough and it's so it's tough to make those decisions in that moment too. I mean, like I can't imagine like even being further along, you know, it's just You're so filled with emotions. And also like those postpartum hormones and like
1: response that into that is so, so real. Cause like, it's all dropping drastically out of your body, just as if you had been nine months pregnant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was even, so my husband hadn't gotten home yet, but my mom was already on her way over. And so she like, I'm pacing, like in our room, like having contractions. And I was just, I've always said that I wanted to try and do an unmedicated birth. And I was like, oh man, like, I don't know if I can do this. This is awful. Cause I, that was my first like real experience with contractions, but also like my mindset was just like, this isn't, the baby isn't coming Uh from, you know, that, you know, they always say like contractions are a good thing because that means that you're one step closer to your baby. But Mm -hmm. this was like, no contractions were one step closer to fully losing my baby. Uh So, yeah, so it was that was tough. Um, so my, my OB did just kind of like, she did just kind of take the baby for me. We decided not to do the genetic testing because she was just kind of like, well, we, you know, what can, what can we gain from this? And, you know, most of the time it's from some sort of a chromosomal abnormality. Mm -hmm. And what will that change in terms of the course of our next actions? And she pretty much, because she knew my history, um, She was like, I don't think we need to wait any longer to move you to a fertility clinic because you don't have, if you want to have more than one child, you don't have enough time basically. Um, So in the moment, it's like, when you hear like, you need to go to a fertility clinic, you're like, oh, especially
1: after you've had two pregnancies, like the conception piece was quick.
0: Yeah, exactly. But so there was like a piece of like, oh, I'm that girl. I'm that girl that has to go to the fertility clinic. But then there was also this piece of like relief of, okay, like maybe I can get some answers and maybe this, again, like the control piece and like, mm-hmm. uh, like planned person in me was kind of like, okay, this can be a controlled environment. And I know that like, whatever they put in is going to be like genetically normal, I guess. But yeah. yeah. So, but even like when I found your account, Catherine too, I, I have to be honest, like at first I was like, oh man, she used a, like a genetically normal embryo and it still didn't work out. And what if that happens to us, but then, you know, then you got pregnant with your (laughs) baby now. And so like, then I was just like, it, it still like, it still brought this piece of like, okay, I'm going to be a mom, like one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, because as we had actually started the fertility, Um, clinic, I had also reached out to someone here about doing foster parenting. Um, So we had looked into that like simultaneously. Um, And eventually we just decided like, okay, we need to focus on the biological piece that's going away. Um, Because I just didn't feel like I could like distribute my attention to both things and be a good foster mom while also going, like injecting myself with hormones. And I know there are people that do that and they're super humans. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, we definitely still think that that might be something that we do in our future, but it's at at the time we just decided to pause that piece of it. Um, so yeah. So then we started the fertility journey and which like, it seems in the moment that it's just like, Oh my gosh, this is just taking forever but now now looking back on it i'm like well we started in february and we got pregnant in july so it's not like it's not like oh, it was uh, that. Yeah. but but it was just yeah, i mean it's, it's 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 like every day is you're consumed with what you're putting in your body and like at what going, time
1: and what you can and can't do and yes. like
0: every thought like every thought yes. is absorbed by it like it's crazy Yes, and I and I was like going to yoga like three to four times a week, hot yoga, and like all of that had to stop. So like my escape from like reality had to stop.
1: <laughs> um, That's probably the most relatable thing anybody right? said on the podcast. Yeah, it's you give yourself up to this baby before there is a baby yeah when you do get pregnant you're like okay I got to do this for nine more months and then when you have the baby you're like oh now I gotta do this for another two years and I'm sure it keeps going you're like, I still can't go to hot
0: yoga <laughs> yes yeah yeah oh God, that was like that was like my only escape of like being able to like mentally detach from yeah, I get it. And it was like sorry you can't do that <laughs> um so yeah it yeah. So I, um, we really, we did one round of IUI, which like, I didn't go, like, I didn't say anything really about it, but I kind of thought it was st- stupid. Cause I was like, I don't have trouble getting pregnant. I can't stay pregnant.
1: I'm so interested.
0: But, they did that. Cause they never even uh, offered that to me. Well, I think like part of it too plays into like insurance, yep. whereas, um, like sometimes insurance will cover IVF treatments, if iui first yeah yeah exactly um because even my doctor when i said like after the first iui and then that didn't work he even said, well, check with your insurance because some insurances require you to have Agreed. like two or three rounds. Hours required three IUIs before to cover IVF, but they were like, literally it's pointless. So we were just like, screw it. We'll yeah, so now
1: it. that it you up. say that, Mary Lee, like thinking back because you can get technically diagnosed after three miscarriages as recurrent misca- pregnancy loss mm-hmm. that like voided the IUIs for us insurance wise mm-hmm. and then we could go straight to IVF. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, they all, I think that's how they coded it for me yeah. um, because they, well, we ended up, my husband started a new job at the beginning of February and February 7th on my 32nd birthday was our first fe- fertility treatment day. It was fun, like fertility. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what better way to ring in 32? Like that was one of those birthdays you cry at. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but we, we like knew we were moving forward with that regardless, but then we found out like fairly quickly, like that his insurance was like some of the best they had ever seen. So it just ended up being like the biggest blessing. Of course we had to pay for like stuff out of pocket and it was still real, you know, expensive, but we just got really, I don't know. It was, that was like such a blessing, like the timing of that, but what? Yeah. So we did one round of IUI didn't work. And I was like, no, we're moving forward with IVF. So, um, we prepped for a, um, egg retrieval at the beginning of April and I was stimulating like, okay, but you know, you hear of these people that are like, we had 30, 40 plus eggs. Uh Yeah. They were not seeing that for me. Um, I just like, in my head, diagnose those people with PCOS. I'm like, they have something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really feels better. That's That's not true. That's not true. That's just like what I did when I was going through. It's our
1: coping mechanism. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, it's, it, there is some, like, it, it is some like quantity over like quality. Over quantity kind yeah. of thing. Like I had a friend that had done IVF. So again, like going back and like finding your people that like have done this too was so comforting in terms of like asking all the questions. And um, you know, there is this piece of where it's it is like a really private issue. And like obviously there was a lot of like sadness involved with all of that, but like I eventually like wanted people to know that we had been through were like going through it and had been through it because when I was going through that and I was able to ask those people questions, it was, it just made a world difference. Cause it's like these fertility clinics get people messaging them on a daily basis. Sometimes and sometimes they can't like, you know, I mean, they do their best to respond to all of your questions, but they're not like somebody that you can, you know, send a text to. Um, Yeah. And and sometimes those people haven't
1: gone through it themselves. So it's, they're not even giving you the answer that you really want. You're like, okay, well, I could have Googled that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and so one of my friends had actually she um she had gotten a ton of eggs but then she told me she was like yeah, but I I got 40 eggs but 20 of them were like immature you know, or whatever. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah, so so that, you know, even though I wasn't seeing a ton, I was like, okay, well, maybe this will still be okay. So they ended up getting nine on the first retrieval. And then they tell you that about half of those will fertilize. So eight of ours fertilized. So we were thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, um, because then they say half of the fertilized eggs will like become embryos. And so then we're like waiting that horrible week, of like waiting to find out what becomes embryos. And only one became an embryo. Wow.
1: Um, and that's, so that's so interesting out of eight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So just like devastated. I actually talked to, they allowed me to talk with the embryologist, um, after that, because I was just like, what happened? This is not statistically normal. Um, and like, so oh
1: gosh, we got one of those patients. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, she did a great job of like answering my questions and, but she just said like, the only thing that we can think is that, you know, a lot of things can go wrong, but she was like, it seems as if it was the quality of the eggs. Um, So even though they were like technically mature eggs, something happened. And so in my mind, like a part of that brought me a little bit of peace because I was thinking, well, that could have been seven more miscarriages. Yeah. Um, you know, So like That's a great way to think of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I think I was, you know, and then I was thinking, okay, well maybe like if those, you know, babies had been in my body and had hormones rather than sitting in a little Petri dish and they had hormones like boosting them along, maybe they would have become babies and then, you know, or embryos. And then I would have had a miscarriage because of it. And because, you know, there are some that you never even know that you had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. because you never get to that point, but but regardless, it was still like devastating thinking. I remembered having this moment of thinking like, am I ever, like, am I ever going to be a mom in this way? Like in like a, an own, my own biological baby. And so anyway, we ended up going like straight into another round, Um, which I know that sometimes they so, don't do sorry. that.
1: Sorry. So the, the, the embryo you got, did you decide to genetically test or you're like, yes. Oh, this is great. We're going to
0: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we did. No, we knew that that was like, didn't make sense for us to not do that because our, like, why would we put in one that was genetically abnormal since that could have been what would happen with our previous two miscarriages and we just didn't know. So, um, yes, we genetically tested it. And so that it did come back normal. So, um, we were grateful for that because we were like, okay, we've at least got one shot. Um, but we knew that we want to have more than one baby, um, hopefully. So we they basically said our goal is three, yeah, uh, at least three. Um, and so we went ahead and went into another round, and like immediately after my doctor, sometimes they wait like a a month, I guess, in between egg stimulations. But they just said if you haven't, if you don't have cysts on your ovaries, so sometimes when you do these egg retrievals, it like or the like, do the follicle yeah. stimulating hormone. Yeah, it can cause these cysts, and so I didn't have any. But they said if there were some, then we would have to push it to the following month until those went away. Um, But because I didn't have any, we went in. So I actually did a retrieval at the beginning of April, and again at the end of April of last year.
1: And Amanda, <laughs> you did the same thing, right?
0: I did too. Yeah, I went straight into it because I
1: didn't have anything either.
0: You yeah. Guys.
1: I literally was done it's with i after <laughs> <laughs> the first round of IVF. I mean, I was spent. I was like, there's yeah. no way. Like I'm gonna literally have to get up the courage to do this again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why? No. I mean, I uh-huh. get yeah, I get that. I think part of me was just like, I, I mean, I yeah. I think there is like another level of of feeling like i the like the needles and all that kind of, kind of stuff can be really daunting like uh-huh. especially to people that aren't like used to being around that or are scared of needles or whatever yeah. i think like that piece of it for me like was just like oh this is just an I don't know. I, I, maybe wow. because of my medical background, I think that I just like, I gave myself all of my shots. My husband. Good for husband, you. I, I, like, I could not do it. I had to have Chris do it. I was like, I can't watch this. Like just do it. <laughs> yeah. I never gave like, myself a shot
1: till the Lovenox came along when I was actually out of IVF.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's like totally normal for people to not want to stick themselves. Like, <laughs> I feel like, like I got, got this. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, but my husband, like for me, it was like, okay, I trust myself more than my husband because my yeah. husband for sure has never done this. That's fair. Um, so know. it's like, I, but if you had two people that hadn't done it, I think I probably would have chosen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just, yeah. So we just went, I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. It's just another round. I mm-hmm. think, I, I think going. I just like got oh, into this in like blinders mindset of just like, okay, let's get this done. Um, And so they had switched some things up with my regimen that time, hoping to stimulate more and actually stimulated less. Um, And so they actually were only seeing like three or four follicles um, by the time I was like ready to retrieve.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And they were like, do you want to convert to IUI? Um, Which at that point, again, like... honestly, like the insurance, we were also so grateful for it at that point because that helped make our decision because we were kind of like, we've already paid, like, you know, we've already done all the injections. Um, they're paying for this procedure. We'd already met our max out of pocket at that point. And so we we're like, we might as well move forward, um, with a retrieval because if not, then, you know, that's one expensive IUI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so we moved forward and they, First, I don't know. I, they ended up having me do a colon cleanse that time, which was awful. Wait, that's so Ew. random. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard but, of
1: that. Yeah, what's the nurse practitioner explanation for that?
0: <laughs> so, so you know how like when they like your left ovary, a lot of times they have a harder time seeing that because like your bowel gets in the way. They okay, never, ever knew that. Maybe. Okay, maybe I just have. I, I don't, I don't like, I feel like
1: I'm such a researcher. I typically always know what something, uh-huh. I never knew that.
0: Yeah so, makes so, yeah. yeah, so sense, yeah. so that's super important information. Why has no one ever said that? <laughs> <laughs> well, so it doesn't it's not always a problem. Like if you've just gone to the bathroom, I guess, like right before an ultrasound, like typically it's fine, but where your colon kind of comes over to like actually, you know, yeah, the, it's more on the left side where it comes over there, sometimes it can kind of block that ovary. So sometimes they had a hard time seeing my left ovary to where like, when I would be in an ultrasound, they'd have me push on my abdomen, like scoot it over. Um, And so they were having a little bit of a hard time seeing my left ovary, like right before retrieval. And my doctor is a little, like he founded Nashville Fertility, like he's a little bit old school on some things, but like, he also knows knows his stuff. He's done this for a lot of people. Um, and he was just like this, you know, this might be overkill, but let's do a colon cleanse so that we can see well, when we go in and retrieve. That's amazing. so, but I was like, Oh my gosh, i have just like done all these shots. And now I have to like do a colon cleanse yeah. Like be on, the, on the toilet. Like they <laughs> were wanting me to do it. Like they were wanting me to start the colon cleanse at like 3 PM or I don't remember. It was like, It was like not long after my lunch break and I had work until like 6 p.m. And I was like, (laughs) I am not starting it this early. I would rather get up at midnight having to go to the bathroom than be at work. Yeah, the things we do. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. So anyway, because yeah, because we ended up doing our retrieval on a Saturday and that was like on a Friday that I had to start the cleanse. And so, but they went in and they got five mature eggs um wow and And did they tell
1: you how many were from the left
0: um no they didn't but I'm but I'm just so curious to know if that's why they were able to see more that they couldn't see because obviously there there was like another one that was unaccounted for like going into the like being doing that like for oh. me
1: like I remember I had more on the ultrasound and then when they came out like they got like significantly less I'm like dude did you just not try hard enough like how did you not get them Like, yeah I mean, well and yeah. not
0: all follicles contain eggs yeah so that's that, mu- that maybe was the case for you but yeah it's incredibly frustrating that like when you hear you have this many and then they less come out uh-huh. and you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah yeah so that was the other reason that they were talking about converting to IUI is because they were like, we're only seeing like three or four follicles and not all those follicles, may, maybe, like maybe. they might not have eggs in them. Yeah. Um, so thankfully all of mine did and then they found some other ones. So I, I don't know if my colon <laughs> cleanse helped. I was like but... it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do the colon cleanse again to get another egg. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then like four of, so four of the five fertilized of that uh, around. And then two of them became embryos. Um uh, so you which have
1: is, three. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we had our three. So it was just, and then those were, those were genetically normal too. So, oh, um, so you have a hundred percent success rate on the genetically normal once they
1: became an embryo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was just like, it must've been something going on prior to that time to where like those, like I just have like, unhealthy eggs. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So when they, yeah, which actually going back to the AMH where I, when they had checked my AMH levels, like before I started the fertility stuff, it was 1.19. So nor like I was still in the normal range, but like any less than Cause one. You were
1: 30, Cause you were 32, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So That's yeah. So, that's
1: definitely like normal, but lower. That's yeah. what mine was.
0: Yeah. And yeah, they were saying like for your age, this is lower than we want to see. So, yeah. So anyway, we were just like, but that just goes to show you too. like, don't compare like your retrieval to somebody else's retrieval. Because again, like I got nine the first time, eight fertilized and one became an embryo. And then the next time five, four fertilized and one became an, or two became an embryo. Mm -hmm. So much like, yeah, it's just it's hard to not like wrap yourself up in other people's worlds of like what did for them and.
1: I remember well, like ha- like there's some hashtag on Instagram that I I don't know what it was like result or whatever I was following so much at the time and I would just scroll through and look at everyone's board
0: you know how they would like like and- fer- yeah retrieved fertilized yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: okay this person got nine because I got nine eggs as well and I was like okay how many and I mean again like I would just hours do that and yeah, it's all sure. so random.
0: So, well yeah, yeah and all of my eggs ended up being that they did retrieve ended up being mature and I remember looking at those boards too I would scroll through them I would like type in like <laughs> whatever. I exactly know I in. you got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I would type in the hashtag of that and then I remember telling my husband one time I was like oh my gosh there's another statistic that we met I didn't know that like there would be like immature eggs versus mature eggs yeah Even like being in like being family practice like in as a nurse practitioner, like it was a steep learning curve for fertility stuff. Cause I just, you know, you don't dive into all of this and it's just it's a whole different world. But yeah, so yeah, so the first embryo that we got like the at the beginning of April is what we're pregnant with now. Um that's the
1: first time you've said that on the podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So it was, we just told them, we were like, we don't care gender. Don't tell us the gender. Um, but just put the healthiest embryo in. And so that ended up being like the healthiest one and the other, the other two are good quality too, but they weren't as good a quality as this one. And something about it just like kind of felt right because it was like he's he was the first one so it's a we just found out last week it's a boy oh <laughs> um, congratulations. Okay. yeah thank you we're excited I was I don't know but for some reason like when we transferred my husband was like I think it's a girl and we both have just like had in our minds that it's a girl this whole time so when I tell you the shock when I popped that balloon yeah but oh I, I think so I thought. saw
1: you just okay that's so funny because I knew we had rescheduled this recording yeah. and then I saw you guys just did the gender reveal last week is that right
0: yes we just did it the day before Thanksgiving because his family oh, was in
1: town so, so awesome. wait yeah. I have a question do you know if this embryo if this baby was from round one or round two
0: yeah it was from round one yeah ah! so that's that it was oh, the one that made so it sweet yeah so we, it just kind of something felt right about it being like he like he was he was actually first in line. You too. Yeah. yeah, that's what you were saying. Okay, get it
1: now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So we we decided not to find out like what the gender was at the beginning, even though we could. I think there was something about it, and this is different for everybody, of course. Like I know people pick out what gender they want or they know from the very beginning, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think for us, we just kind of felt like it made it more real for us, and because we had had loss before, we were like, we don't want to like. I don't know maybe that was That's exactly what we did we maybe did. it was just like an attachment thing or something just yeah we kind of think the polar opposite I was like yeah, I you know <laughs> every single thing about this embryo, like everything I want to know the gender I want to know what chromosomes are. I mean everything so it's it's true that everyone's different and that was like my coping like my way to like cope with the loss of it really? and um, but yeah, it's but I was how- the
1: polar opposite. We when we had miscarried, <laughs> we found out like it was a boy, and when I found out like a month later it was a boy, it was so much harder for me to process through the miscarriage that I was like, if I know the gender of this baby and we lose it, I'm not going to be able to make it. So that was like more of like a a roadblock for me.
0: Yeah, I think it's like important to like kind of know what like your limitations are, or, like how you cope with things because everybody copes with things differently and so for us, that was just like, uh, yeah, like what you were saying, Catherine, like that was just like kind of how we felt like we could cope with it is like, not not to say we wouldn't be sad, but it was just, you know, it just would be this other level of like attachment. So we just felt like, okay, we want to get out of the first trimester before we find out. And then, you know, we could have even found when they did like the blood test at like 12 weeks. Oh, you
1: waited, waited.
0: Yeah. So we. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So it was twenty weeks when we found out. So I was like, I don't know. I think that that like also for us kind of brought some like normalcy to a very unnormal situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. So we're. Yeah. I'm. I'm shocked. Over
1: that, the moon, excited.
0: Yes. Oh. I mean, not to say that there was like any reason for us to 50-50 chance there's no reason for us to necessarily think it was a girl but um oh i guess i should have said this too when we found out that we were pregnant we I had not taken any pregnancy tests like so you know some people will be like day three post transfer people
1: you mean Amanda and I both (laughs) Yeah. We both started Honestly, testing, I think like four days after the transfer.
0: Sure Honestly, that would have been me, but I gave all of my, I knew myself to know that like, I'm not going to go buy a pregnancy test when I know I have pregnancy tests at home. Uh-huh. And so I gave all of my pregnancy tests to my husband and he hid them from me.
1: That's <laughs> awesome. Um, and I've been beating him up, like give him back.
0: Gosh, oh, I, my, him before. I mean, it is like, I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, I can, I can understand why people like would not be able to, <laughs> to wait, but I think, I don't think I would have been able to wait if they were like readily available in my bathroom. Um, but I, yeah, because I like, I t- I was like, hide these, don't tell me where they are. I think I'd just been through this, like up and down roller coaster of like having a positive test and then it being negative or ah. like with, even with the IUI, um, I had one positive test with the IUI um, and then ended up being negative. So I think, I think that was another piece that played a factor for me. So so like, again, it goes back to like, do what you think you can cope with the best. Um, and so yeah, so I didn't test, and then we did. I until I did the beta, it was when we found out um, our first beta. And so my husband was actually on a work trip, and I get the email notification at like 10 a.m. and he didn't get home for like another 12 hours.
1: Oh my gosh! And you look, like, did you, you it?
0: You... No, I waited for him. Oh <laughs> so gosh!
1: You, okay. a... you have so. <laughs> I see all these cute like Instagram and TikTok where they listen to the voicemail for the first time together, and I'm like, I would have listened to that the second no. it came through.
0: 100. I don't even care if Chris was on another country I would have listened to that thing right oh, away. Gosh, you have a lot of willpower. Oh, I don't I forget. know about that. I think I just like had it in my mind that like that was what we were gonna do. But I had her send a message instead of like a, a text me or yeah. like phone yeah. call so that then we could like open because I knew I would have to like go into the app to open the message. Yes. Um and so yeah so we found out that night and my levels were high like um what was it it was a 1065 for the first one wow um, like and twins, so, twins, so well yeah I was actually like oh my gosh that's that's really high like she told me she was like I would have been ha- I would have been happy if it was like 100%. over 200 yeah, yeah. So she was like moving forward I wouldn't expect you to still be like doubling every 48 hours since you've already started so high and so um maybe that way maybe it was even like 1355 anyway it was it was high and so then the second one so that was on a friday so then, then it was really 72 hours for the yeah. next one cuz it was monday um and the next one was 6035 and then she was like we don't need to do anymore like you're yeah, <laughs> um goodness. and and i was like no i want to know and the next one comes in and it was like 11101 and she was like i this is so rare but you need to start mentally preparing yourself that this embryo could have split. And so I'm panicking. My husband's like, I'm going to start looking for Honda Odysseys. We're getting a van. Like we're having oh my gosh. This is awesome. And I'm like, you don't even know, like you've never even changed a diaper. You have no idea what this would mean. I
1: thought I wanted twins really bad until I am now two months into having a baby that is, I can't, I don't know how they do it. It's incredible. Yeah. Amazing. But Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kudos to people with multiple yes. multiples. I mean, yeah. obviously I don't have one of my own yet, but I just, I, I knew enough, like taking care of babies at work that I'm like, uh yeah. oh, that, that would be like so unexpected. So thank and Yeah. So we went for the first ultrasound. I actually, um, spotted at like six weeks with that one. Um, and so I ended up having a subchorionic hemorrhage, um, which apparently is very common with IVF mm-hmm. basically when they implant the baby kind of get like a little bruise underneath there. And so, but it's so traumatic, yeah. like, so... especially when bleeding before I was the same way I had one as well, but it's going through what you went through seeing that blood. I'm sure it was like, oh, bring, oh my God. so much trauma. Yes. But the, like the beauty of a fertility clinic is they got me in really quickly. Fertility. Yeah. Yeah, you get a little spoiled at the fertility it's clinic. So true. Um, because even after that, they were like, we're gonna keep a this is normal, but we're gonna keep a close eye on this. And I went back for an ultrasound every week up until they discharged me from the fertility clinic at nine weeks. Yeah. And they were they were still seeing it at that point, but they were like, baby's still growing, so it's fine. Um and they actually saw it up until well, I went in for my 12 week with my regular OB, and they saw it then too. Um, so again, like no activity, (laughs) so I like, yeah. So I, I'm already going to like pelvic floor therapy because I was like, I'm already having issues with like, if
1: it makes makes you feel better, I had major issues during pregnancy. Like I could, I would sneeze and I'd just pee everywhere or like a cough or, I mean, or actually with my hyperemesis, every time I threw up, I'd also pee, which was just like, everywhere. But now that I've had her, I've now had zero issues. And yes, you should go to pelvic four therapy. I have not, but it's all gone away.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I'm, that's happening, been happening to me. And I, because we had already met our max out of pocket, my, I was like, well, I can just go to PT now. Yeah. for free. But Good for um, you. But yeah, my OB, I was, I went in for my like 12 week appointment and she was like, I said, I know that this is actually, it started around 12 week. I went in for my 16 week appointment and I was like, I know that this can happen, but I feel like this is early. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, just go ahead and go to pelvic floor therapy, which I think a lot of people don't really know about that, but it can be really beneficial Yes. Um, with helping with that. So, I mean, and it has been for me just with the education and all of that. But I think part of it was because I just had so many activity restrictions for so long that I just, my muscles are just like, eh, we don't really um, want to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of where, yeah. So then the 16 week appointment, we went back and that subchorionic hemorrhage had resolved at that point. So, um, yeah. I appreciate
1: you sharing the hemorrhage part. Cause the, the fertility group I run in Charleston, 99.9% are IVF pregnancies and mm-hmm. 85% of them bleed in the first trimester. I, they all come into the group. What's going on? What's going on? Am I miscarrying? And I'm like, no, it's probably this. And almost every time that's exactly what it was.
0: Yeah. I actually have a, um, and, and even if it's not, even if it's not that it's still really common. I had a, a friend that we were friends in college and then we've kind of reconnected through this, our fertility journey too. her embryo was transferred the week after mine. So our babies are two or a week apart, but she, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she had some spotting too. Um, and I don't believe that hers was related to that, but she ended up, I mean, still babies still have like healthy.
1: Sometimes you go in and they literally can't find a reason it's, it's hard though, especially after loss or even just IVF, you're like bleed blood, not good. And it's scary.
0: Yeah. And just like having a, this again, going back to like having people that you can talk to about this, like she and I would text each other back and forth. And, and sometimes it would be like her encouraging me or me encouraging her, or even just saying like, this is not, this is not your previous, mis- this is not your previous pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Like this, this baby is different. This is a, a, a whole new pregnancy. And like she and I had both done genetic testing, and I was just like, "We know your baby is genetically normal this time, so just like focus on that." Whereas like your previous ones weren't that way, so yeah, so it's it's find your people. Um, It can be hard, even if it's like finding people via Instagram, even if you don't know anybody like personally, like following along and or listening to podcasts or other people that (laughs) like have gone through this stuff too. Um, It can be really helpful, but it's. Yeah. There's, there's light at the end of the tunnel one way or another.
1: <laughs> I love it. I thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's going to be super helpful for a lot of people, especially the people that, that get the one embryo and and your yeah. absolute success story of that. And that's so beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yes. And again, don't compare yourself to other people because again, our second round was com- like, seemed like it was doomed for failure and we got two from that one. So, um, yep. Yeah, so we have, two more on ice that are just waiting for us. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your whole journey with us. We appreciate it so much. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for for what you're doing. I appreciate it. It's really a beautiful thing that you can share your stories and like share other people's stories.